0: Hey guys, welcome to another episode of the Salumas Podcast. Today we talk about blind versus constructive love. So I think that we live in a society that operates in extremes where you're either with something or you're against it. And my fear is that for some people, this could lead to poor behaviors and lead to things like manipulation and abuse. And I think that you see a lot of that going on right now. So we talk about different moments and generations in our history to support those claims. And in typical Salimus fashion, we put it all through the grinder and we talk our way through it and hopefully come up with something that you guys enjoy. We are joined by our good buddy and day one listener, JP Mann, owner of Hefty Lefty Club Works, who always comes through with a cool, calm and thoughtful energy that we all love and just enjoy having him whenever he can come out. So there's a ton more that we discuss and discover, but I'll let you guys hear that and more in episode 911, if you love something. Hey guys. There's one more thing that I want to add that I think is gonna to help to set the stage for this episode. Um, I wanted to say it in the intro, but it would have made things super long. And I know this is like another intro, but shut up. Um, I also wanted to say this in the episode, but I just forgot. Um, so what I wanted to do was bring up an article that um, that I read that really sparked a lot of my thought for this episode. Um, it came from uh, political psychology. And so what they were saying was that, there's a positive association between blind patriotism and things like political disengagement, nationalism, perception of of foreign threat, perceived importance of symbolic behaviors, and selective exposure to pro-U.S. information. That's something that I think gets a lot of people these days. But alternatively, it also says that constructive patriotism or constructive love is uh, positively associated with what they say, multiple indicators of political involvement, including political efficacy, interests, knowledge, and behavior. And some of that stuff is rooted in like being critical of your country. And so that's something that I want to, again, set the stage with. And so I hope that that gives a little bit of a explanation of what we're talking about and hopefully it'll help you guys out. All right. Sorry. Enjoy. You like, <laughs> yeah. wouldn't
1: yeah. to do nothing like that.
0: Cause I mean, that's not the that's Canadian not way. Yeah. But- they ask first. They ask questions hey, first. It, like it, any they're
2: normal. super nice, man. Yeah. They got but good they, music, too. If they had been an American one on that fucking flight, though, I feel like people would be just super calling for blood. And rednecks l-
0: really ain't calling for blood. I right. wonder what that flight manifest or what that passenger list looked like. I Some days I feel like because if you see the, the story about when when China had hacked uh, nearly a, every major carrier. Mm-hmm. They did it in search for 20 people. That was it. So I feel like a country will down an airplane to kill one person. So oh, for
2: sure. Yeah. That's
0: why I, I totally think everyone's working together on that shit. So,
2: well, and, it, it, well, thank you. That, that, that fits that piece back in yeah. my little theory that it's just kind of complicity between Iran. Yeah. It, it's just the power class. They're
0: working together. So I wanted to, um, <laughs> I've got a lot on my mind here. So it's been a pretty eventful, eventful week. And I, I told you guys that I wanted to call this episode If You Love Something. And I say that because I think that in times like these, and just in general, people think that if you love something, be it your country or your significant other or something, you're supposed to just blindly love them and blindly. Accept everything. And I don't think that that's the case. I think that if you do like something or love something, you should expect it to be better or should expect the best of it or something like that. And I think that we are, there's a lot of people that love America so much that if you say something somewhat critical, then it means that you're anti American or you don't love the country. And I think that that same mentality can obviously bleed into many other things, whether it's relationships, whether it's just how you view the world, all that kind of stuff. Um, I think that that's something that we should talk about. And I, at the at the core of it, I think that everyone is coming from a place of love. I don't think that people hate, people here are, are, aren't are criticizing America because they hate America. They're criticizing it because they're like, man, we can do so much better. Uh, maybe that's just me and my Optimistic kind of mindset, but I well, want to Mr. talk about.
2: Mr. Baldwin said that that's the very reason why he reserves the right to criticize America mm-hmm. relentlessly is because. Oh, James, yeah, yeah, yeah. because yeah. he cares so because much. He cares about so much, and that's the most concise way of encapsulating it is that if you do care about someone or the United States, then you're not going to be looking for every opportunity to rest on your laurels or yeah. look for an Attaboy or. Parade how fucking great you are. You're going to look for ways to improve.
0: Exactly. So why is it got? Why is it such a problem? Why does? Why does it seem like you get a pass to criticize the country if you have military experience, or if you have uh, someone who with military experience? Like it's it's almost like people think that that makes you some kind of an expert, and I don't think that that's the case. But, or just because. Or here's the thing: if the person that you voted for won the presidency, and you say. Things that are that don't fall in line with whoever your president, you know, whoever the president is. People think that you're being un-American or think that you're not being patriotic. And that part just boggles
2: my mind. Well, can I just say that I I think a lot of this all kind of goes back to something that Mark touches on pretty consistently that we stay in damn near. A perpetual state of information overload. Mm. So, what would have been in an age, we'll say, the early '80s, where you don't have media bombarding you constantly, right there, individual events and interactions and dynamics are more meaningful. Mm. Now, with information overload, where there's just copious amounts of it, we don't really know how to process it in any kind of meaningful way. So then we end up just defaulting to that, lizard
0: brain kind of that thing.
2: arbitrary. <laughs> not core self that superficial just outside of core self shell where it's like, okay. Yeah. That one describe yourself. Well, I'm an American, right? I'm a blue collar worker. Uh, I come from an agricultural family. Yep. You know, you describe yourself in terms of demographic details instead of Mm -hmm. things, things that are that in any way pertain to self-actualization. So I, I really think that, there's not really any kind of way for us to parse out why it is that that human beings currently, or in the United States especially, because that's all we have a frame of reference for, are so, I guess, up in arms about certain things and then fundamentally fucking apathetic when it comes to execution. Yeah. And I, I was talking to my girlfriend earlier about accountability And core self and and how so many people walk around like you've got your core self that you should ideally acquaint yourself with. But so many people spend their entire lives running from their core self. So you've got your core self. Then around that, you have the choice to either take ownership of your core self and build from there out. Or you start taking on these baubles of details Mm. like just just ar- arbitrary things. Like, I'm I'm really into motocross. Yeah. Like, it's fine to be into motocross. It's, it's fine to be just geed up about that shit. But that has nothing to do with your fundamental character as an
0: individual. And I think part of understanding the core self is coming to grips with the fact that you have faults. Oh, and I think yeah. if that's something that people don't like to to and, and, go through and or that's understand.
2: What, that's what uh, my girlfriend and I were talking about earlier is that, people want to skip or invariably damn near skip the accountability phase of self-development and want to jump to the implementation phase. Mm-hmm. They want to be like, okay, I, I want I want this out of life. I want this out of life and I want this out of life. And then they think that they can just go by a formula and get to it. And right. they completely gloss over the fact that before you can get to the implementation phase, you have to, you have to really take inventory in the accountability phase. Yeah, in order to build a good foundation for any of this shit, yeah. or else it's just arbitrary. Because
0: that that'll tell you really fast whether or not it's even worth it to go towards those other. You
2: goddamn right. <laughs>
3: no yeah. one wants to be. Yeah. No one wants and to
0: be told like you're not. Go- you're you're not good enough.
3: To <laughs> yeah, and I think that that um is much needed. Yeah. Um, that sort of humility. It's something I wish I got more of. Really. Up and yeah, yeah. Uh, all the all the time, uh, I'm I'm idealistic to like a romantic degree to where I have no interest at all in the world as it is. I only have an interest in the world as I see it. So you spend a lot of energy, you know, trying That's to make it me
2: and you jive. Yeah. For real, <laughs> it is. I can I, be I really, really- It's exhausting. Yeah,
3: yeah, yeah it, can, it can give me, me and my, my one of my best friends from college was just talking about the other day, it can make me be very anti-authoritarian and a lot of other things that are, just not healthy <laughs> yeah. for an adult to do, but I, I'm not sure. Do you trace make yourself unhappy?
2: Like, do you, mm-hmm. I do the same yeah. shit. Like I look for, yeah. I look for things to go wrong, to make myself fucking yeah. well, unhappy. Well,
3: well, yeah, no, I didn't mean it that way. But what I do is it's just, it's a bit of a struggle with temperament and de- depression because, um, I got this weird anxiety about, uh, um, reality kind of being the way I want it to be or or something like that anyway it um what what it makes me think of to the point of uh, this discussion is um like I wonder what makes us all that way I think uh, here in, in the United States we are even the nice reserved people we are egomaniacs we absolutely are we are sure. and that's <laughs> yeah. we feel
1: we feel entitled because uh, i don't want to say yeah. we as a whole but americans feel entitled yeah. because you were born here at this time yeah but the thing is, is like you go back 300 years none of us were here and if you were here you weren't here by choice
3: yeah. Yes. You you know you, like, you got right to what I was hoping we would get to in five or ten sorry, minutes. Sorry, No, it no, wasn't, no, no, no. It's good. It's good because I, I hope we are able to make these some really interesting connections to be made in, in this conversation because the question becomes if we're going to talk about how well we receive or don't receive criticism, we have to ask then why why don't we? And what's wrong with this? And how long ago was it that we weren't that way? Or is there anyone Collectively, that isn't that way. And we have those examples. We've got enough science experiments on the planet socially, you know, to mm-hmm. look at. You got Japan with really, really interesting high level of social de- democratic consumerism. That looks like us. They love their stuff, but they're very, very low on romantic sense of self so much that they don't even express like you watch a,
0: There's literally a 10 problem. season
3: anime and the whole arc is the dude kissing it's, the girl. Yeah. And like, we want not cheeks being beat in episode yes. two. <laughs> yeah, sure. like, so yeah. we see, we see different balances of that ego being filled and then you know you have people in greater china or whatever that no idea of self outside of the collective you know yeah. then you have our uh brothers and sisters in the eastern bloc that are just hard and tough and like you know don't expect the world to be nice or good but they're highly competent mm-hmm. but they don't have shit they yeah. don't infrastructure no you know it's interesting And so, um, it makes me wonder, like, if we could, what will it take to kind of balance that? And, um, if, if there are examples of a something, uh, in the middle, something, not on one extreme or the other, you know. You know, it's around. hard, and it, I, I think there is. And by what? the
2: way, we we've got our boy JP man. Yes, in yes. Our studio today, uh, JP. Yes. Just in case anybody was wondering who who that beautiful voice, voice is. Was. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Hello, ladies. Hey.
0: <laughs> but I do think that I wish that there is. You you had said that there is. There's a way out there to get us to that point where we can I so. understand. I think so. I wish that it wasn't a way that involved, well, it, it will have to involve like insanely humbling the entire nation. That's what it seems like to me. And it seems like the only way to get there, I hate saying this because I believe in, you, you think of Newton's, I think it's, th- is it, it's third law, um, objects in motion stay in motion, yeah, but yeah. objects, yeah. you know, unless acted upon by an equal or greater yeah. force. Uh-huh. And, I don't know of another equal or greater force out like other than blowing the shit out of there something in America. There you go. What, what, like, what was
2: Japan pre bombs being dropped on them? What they was were Japan an Empire, for, for, dude. for eons? Yes. What was Japan? Right, they were point.
0: some bad motherfuckers. They, yes. Dude. They
2: were conquering imperialistic yeah. bad motherfuckers. Right. Yeah. Good point. And, and again, I, I can't really necessarily attest to what the social climate was in Japan Cause I'm not super savvy on that. Yeah. I, I should be what the social climate in Japan from like 1900 to when the bombs got dropped. Well, ha, ha, I-, wh- I can tell wh- you wh- what it was uh, j- just ins- insular Japan yeah. proper. Yeah. I- I'm not super savvy on exactly where what, what it was, what like
0: before, like before the 1900s and right in the early 1900s, they were going through this. If you want to call it this struggle, of the old ways versus the new ways they knew what was going on in the Americas and they knew what was going on in other countries and the, so they were like look people are industrializing the whole it, like you literally what's that one movie with Tom Cruise
2: the last Samurai. the last
0: Samurai. that shit was oh, like that was, that what was, was it, Paul real
2: Mooney said about the movie with Tom Hanks he said which one Paul, Paul Mooney said that he's gonna come out with uh, a movie called the last nigga on earth <laughs> Star, and Tom Star Tom Hanks. Star <laughs> That's exactly <laughs> what the last. But i and I'm conflicted about Paul Mooney right now too because you know he got some strange allegations against him. Yeah,
3: but. yeah. Uh, Mooney's. Um, I think his health is waning. Uh, <laughs> well, no, no, I think his health is waning. Yeah. Like he's he got dementia.
2: Molested priors. Uh, yeah, yeah.
3: He he. Um, yeah. That. I don't want to go on that tangent, but that's just, it's Hollywood, man. Yeah. It's regular Hollywood shit. It's tons of freaks out there. Prior prior. Was freaking, And he get mad because the freaking got too close to home and he had every right to be mad. That's normal that's, circle yeah. of friends stuff. I've mm-hmm. seen it a million times. I've been like almost at blows with my homeboys that I grew up with from- for knocking off one of my ex-girlfriend's little sisters or something, you know. Mm -hmm. We climbing through the window in high school and the little sister's guarding the front door. Then she grows up and she's a young lady. And really... There's nothing wrong with that, but I feel like you cross some kind of line. You know what I mean? It's regular when you got dog-ass friends and stuff. You know, it's regular stuff. I'm not surprised about any of that, and I believe every bit of it's true, too. Paul Mooney always kept his sexuality really, really, really under wraps. And it was kind of ambiguous, too, because he
2: carried on in a very – Ambiguous yeah. presented himself. Yeah, but he's from thing.
3: that generation where that's how they handled it. They didn't, you know, you left that alone. He just was a generation or two.
2: He, he was. He was. He was what, part of twelfth? the ilk where, where Cosby proliferated. Yeah, and shit. Yeah, and, and the only reason why we're saying their names is because they're black. What's interesting is that, like, literally every yeah. was doing that same shit mm-hmm. while and out. Yeah, well, and, and we and yeah. we romanticize like Bowie died. And didn't nobody say one motherfucking thing about Bowie sleeping with fourteen year olds and shit
3: yeah, like that? Yeah, or yeah, Robert Plant, same fourteen yeah, year old. Yeah, he uh, really same fucking no, the same person. It was the same girl. Yeah, I didn't know that. Yeah, I just said that randomly because I, I she was kind, she stumbled was a on famous, this band that famous famous sounds groups, just yeah. like them.
1: She oh, her name? I can I can almost remember. I, didn't know, I know that. looks like. at.
3: Yeah, yeah. Man.
1: The, I think the thing that's, is. It goes on, man. Like, not to go back to what Kalu was talking about, but like, I'm not saying that like, we're owed a bombing no, or something. That's a, that's the like, thing I, that I. Like, I, like, I, I don't uh, want to say. Yeah, that. no. But also like, it, to, to put it in perspective, I do think that it would be better um, if we were the day after 9-11. If we yeah. always felt like today was the day after 9-11.
0: I would be okay with that if it didn't involve shitting on Arabic people. No, no yeah. well, <laughs> that's I'm, what not, I'm
1: not saying that, but I'm saying like, if we could come together as a country, yeah. after 9-11, everyone's like, man, like, like you're my brother, you're my sister, it doesn't matter what fucking color you are. Yeah. The problem is like, the day after that, we all went back to hating each other. Yeah. The problem is like, we have, su- we have such a diverse group of people in America, and we hate those people. Just because they are diverse, like everybody says, well, America is the melting pot. But now it's like we got too many motherfuckers in the melting pot. That does not make any sense. Like the the same rednecks that I work with that say, "Hey, I hate." whatever nationality, Mm -hmm. then they will go have Mexican food after that. You know what I'm saying? You're just like, what ignorance do you have? If you hate it, I want you to hate it all the way. I don't want you to be a half-ass hater. Well, that's because what
3: I think, because what we're observing there is not real hate like that. It's complicated. I don't know if I have the the energy to like draw it all out the way I see it in my mind, but we are not in a place where that kind of hatred is, is real. Um, meaningful hatred that has some kind of consequence or especially in behavior. I think it's just we have to I think on one of our episodes I described it as throwing tomatoes. Yeah, yeah. I'll give it, I'll give another example that kind of illustrates what I'm talking about. We were just talking about sexual deviance in Hollywood. Mm-hmm. Is it whether or not it whether it's a superficial disgust with that sexual deviance or a limitation of our capacity as humans to care about that much at one time? We never do one thing that really matters, right? Unsubscribe from HBO. Turn off your network television if you're that serious and watch how quickly things would line up. Sure. You're not really that you don't care that much. Or maybe that's the best words I can find. But I'm trying to describe this dichotomy between us and the results of our unchecked consciousness and the results it creates in our environment around us and humans are limited in what they can do. So you have to be very careful. You have to know that uh Jordan Peterson talks about this real well. You have to know that what I do today in this 24 hours, it scales up because everybody else is behaving, you know, according to their whims too. And if I get sure. up every day and I'm doing only self-indulgent things, what I'm saying is from, from, a bird's eye perspective, the way I think of consciousness is being energy that's moving in a direction on its own agenda. And you kind of ride that wave or you redirect that wave or you go against that wave. Consciousness is not doing anything surprising to me yet. We, we're we feeling the the 16 year old on the planet, you know, mm-hmm. we're the adolescent on the planet. We it's just, you know what I mean? If you looked at a classroom as a microcosm of the whole globe, we're doing exactly what I think we should be doing, sure. And, and that's not a nihilistic perspective. No, I'm it, just I, saying I agree with you. The answer to correcting it may be a little counterintuitive to us.
0: Well, the, I was, let me, let me go back really quick to the what to, to Japan, right? So, yeah. the thing with them is that they were, it, there was like, it was almost like a in oh. shit. It was, it seemed like it was kind of like a short span of time where it was like, okay, Japan realized it's time to let's go explore. So the 1800s was full, was filled with war and it was war with China and war with Russia. So there was that kind of stuff. So even, even at that time they were getting industrialized obviously because you're fighting wars with those countries, but then it really, really ramped up in the 1900s. But then, then on top of that, you know, China, in my opinion, was at a point of weakness. So, the the 1900s leading up to World War One or World War Two. When was the Boxer Rebellion? Uh, I don't know.
2: I don't was, know that box. was that was Japanese occupation of China, correct? I didn't know Rebellion? it was called the
0: Boxer Rebellion. Yeah,
2: I think it was called the Boxer Rebellion. Uh, every
0: time that I think of the the big time when China really or when Japan really went in on China was like, especially like the rape of Nanking. If you've heard of that whole thing going on over there, but um, I don't even think that at that time it was a, a, a problem of like, okay, I'll say that it is unchecked aggression and all that kind of stuff, but it seems very different than the way that America is. I don't think that there is that level of arrogance and stuff like that. It, it just, it seems completely different just based on the things that people know about the Japanese culture I oh, I yeah. hope that yeah
3: it's yeah not- the, yeah the seed was different
0: yeah the okay different. oh yeah. and sure so I like that, yeah. and yeah. it seems like that culture given all the time that it had and and the power that it did have with what they had I don't like yeah they have a they had a whole lot of people but it was just it was a different mindset but what I the the point that I'm making is that if something like the bombs dropping on Japan yes it did humble the balls out of them like crazy. On top of the sanctions that they, that were placed on them and putting them in a place where it's like, hey, you cannot, the world is not allowing you to have a military to grow this big. So for them, there was obviously the, the shame there was seeing their emperor, the whole thing got dismantled at that point. And then it was like, okay, they shifted mindset. It's like, okay, let's just be good at making other stuff.
3: Yeah. Like, well, it, they were also 28 year old. 28 they were years young. Old. No, I mean- in my silly analogy what we're seeing. I still I still think that it's a young adult. Well, yeah, it's a CrossFit Superman yes. that twists his ankle and then he goes into his thirties and he calms the fuck down.
0: Yeah, you know, but that's he, the gets, whole he got his ass kicked by like the young
3: strapping, like <laughs> well, I would the, say, yeah, the real wild, yeah, yeah, the real wild that, that, that didn't care to pull the trigger, that that twelve year old that didn't mind swinging a baseball bat at your jaw. And yeah, you thought you were just gonna like the guy. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. But yeah. so question, you get what I'm saying. I hope I'm not wearing that analogy. Boxer Rebellion.
2: It, it was November second. 1899 to September 7th, 1901, and it was effectively China's bid to remove all foreign presence oh. in the country.
0: You know what? I listened to a podcast on that. Yeah, Actually, and it, yeah. it
2: was named after the, the boxer rebellion was named after the notion that uh, Chinese culture often came with it uh, a commonality with uh, you know, conventional hand skills when it comes to boxing, oh. like the average... Oh. citizen seemed to be a little bit more competent with Didn't boxing. some of
0: that, and I haven't read too much, but wasn't some of that sparked from a guy who lived in the U.S.? He was a Chinese person that lived in the U.S. and then came back and was like, hey, we can adopt this same type of thing. Let's get everyone out of here. Let's make everything... I'm,
2: I'm not super savvy. 100%. I felt like it was something like that.
0: But but I want the, the thing that I wanted to say is that where... or The, the connection that I could make here, were there people in any of those countries if, at those times that was like, hey, we shouldn't be doing this. Like, they love their country enough that they were like, we don't need to be wilding out like this. I, I just feel like you don't hear about any of those people. Maybe they were all 100% bought in. I feel like the same thing could have been know, happening put, in put, Dur- There are plenty put, of
3: people. A lot of that anime that we enjoy uh, 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 romanticizes that era. Really? The Meiji era, the Edo era, the era where the Western influence was pushing into this Almost magical, closed off Japan, and it was this clash of two worlds. And a lot of it is about that, about the people who thought something different than the the big globalists were thinking. So yeah, there were people thinking of the way, and it's recorded and like talked about. Do you think the too. same was in Germany? Um, I don't know about Germany. That's I
1: interesting. think that when we're doing this comparison, we're forgetting that most of the population in Japan were Japanese. Yeah, that's like, true. I think that most of the people that were in Germany were German. Like very easy a, to like, unite. I think it's easy mm-hmm. because they have they're like, well, we have the same blood running through our veins. Yeah. We mm-hmm. are we are nationalists because yeah. of of our heritage. Uh, we all came from different shogun style eras. You know mm-hmm. what I'm saying? Like they were mm-hmm. very they were very together and they were on the same page. In in my opinion, and it I think it's just because they all damn near looked the same. They all felt the same. They all had that same structure. But if you look at America, you see people of different color and there's more division in us because we don't look and see, I'm saying this as a white man. So this is not right, but like I can go out and see a thousand white people at the same grocery store that I'm at. But as a black man, you don't see that because you don't see that many people of color in this area. Sometimes you know what I'm saying? So like, I think the division that we have is because the numbers don't equate out and there's always one group trying to push against another group versus in Japan, they were all nationalists because
0: everyone was together. Everyone was together. Yeah. They
1: were all, they were like, you know what, man, like I'm with you. You know what I'm saying? Like, does so, that so
0: you are saying, are you saying that it would probably be harder to be against it because everyone kind of just is, it, they, they do share a lot of that same mindset. I think it, also no one was going off and, immigrating to japan anyway you know there was they were kind of off by them by doing their own they were an island
1: unto themselves you know what i'm saying like i think honestly like that's probably the reason why it was easy for them to go along into the war and i I, i'm not a i think for them to go in take that was
0: they well on the on the cultural end there's nothing greater than dying a beautiful death you know i mean like going in there
1: there's a name for it that uh like if they die a noble death, not as a kamikaze, but it was like a, a warrior's death. There's a, there's a name for like, Daishi. A, well, a, we got several daishi names Daishi
2: means great death. And yeah, there's,
1: it's, it's like the, we're like, they just like do the ceremony and stuff.
2: Seppuku. That's
1: where you
0: disembowel yourself. Yeah, yeah. Oh yeah. They had, a, and, they had and, a few of those. And
2: expose
0: your innards yeah. to your senpai. That's fucking crazy. Anyway, I, I do want to, let's, let's really focus in on this whole, mindset of if you love something why is it bad to be why does it seem like it's bad to be critical of it
2: well it's not that's that's the thing is is 100 the notion that and and people around the globe will say this that americans are fake nice which seems counterintuitive because american culture (laughs) prides itself on this brazen like Hey, we'll say anything. We're, we're the place where, where comedy and music and all this shit comes from. American culture wants to act like it's on the cusp, on the pulse of, of exactly what the fuck is hip around the globe. But whenever it comes down to it, the fundamental elements that bind us together are deliberately stripped from us mm-hmm. through distraction after distraction mm-hmm. after distraction. So you don't, the average person, and say you make uh, a decent wage, you've got enough to keep the lights on and stuff. Still there's, you are being bombarded by outside forces who are trying to take your time away. Mm -hmm. They're, they're trying to borrow your attention, take your attention away from larger things because what ends up happening when the lights go out, you have a decision to either cut the, the throat of the person next to you or assess things in terms of is collaboration really the most meaningful thing as far as moving forward, right? So we get tied up in all these arbitrary, like trivial fucking things, wear them like badges of fucking courage and completely skirt any individual accountability. I think it comes down to the one-to-one that there's an active bid in our society and it's it's hilarious because it's plastered goddamn everywhere. It's propaganda like this. Be proud of this. Be proud of that. No, motherfucker. You ain't got shit to be proud of. You didn't play a fucking role in it. You, the greatest generation did all this hood rat shit. So you can sit here on Facebook and talk about what, what a goddamn kook, uh, Elizabeth Warren is. And I'm not saying yay, nay, whatever about Elizabeth Warren, but you're, you, though that generation did all the heavy lifting and stuff only to have and this is me only to have predatory capitalism come in and take every chance it could it's stripping the middle class or the the subject population of personal efficacy and before the age of information there there didn't really have to be as much of an active bid to do that because information wasn't diffused the same way Mm. there were people residing in different little communities. Like back in the day, they was, you know, they was this section of town or they was that section of town. And it's still kind of motherfucking like that. But the, the experiences that people have whenever, you know, like Mark said, Whenever you know and you can only give a fuck about X number of people and Mm -hmm. that's a much more natural paradigm for a human. Then within two generations we're thrust into an environment where we're perpetually in sensory overload. Motherfuckers, one, don't have time. A lot of times it's out of their control and you can't even really fault them for it. They would otherwise be decent people. And then two, I think a lot of people just fundamentally don't want to do the work to fucking worry about it. Ignorance is bliss, man. And so, people don't want to yeah, have to fucking worry about it. Blind love
1: will either get you in a cult or get you in an abusive relationship. Oh, like, yeah. Realistically, uh, like blind love and, will get you there.
2: And, 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 I figured, and that's what we are in with the United States. With our government, we are in a cult and an abusive relationship. Because uh, it's, it's <laughs> not... Yeah. Because yeah. our... It, and the paradox Jones where Town. you've got it is yeah. motherfucking Jones Town. and you've got this paradox where you've got this subset of Americana that simultaneously—it's like Schrodinger's Americana—whereby they simultaneously distrust every fucking element of the government, but then whenever their their guy wins, yeah, they rush yep. to that motherfucker's defense because
3: to to reply to Kalu's. To Kalu's question, trying to stay close to it, we might have to do a little work on the definition of love, at least in the way that mm. you're using it. Then it maybe it gets a little because a we're little treating America like about. a bag
0: of chips, like a like a candy bar, exactly. Or something but, like that. But, and well, there's a reason for that I love the love. Love. Yeah. Yeah.
3: we, we, we <laughs> were never, we don't have a culture that is mature enough to have anything resembling a serious definition of love. Everything that we do is predicated on individualism, which doesn't scale well. It makes gross consumeristic egomaniacs. So actually what looks like love of that country is really just a compounded uh, masturbation. It's just me. Yeah. You know why you can tell you never see anyone who's, who's a, uh, ideological identities exist outside of consumerism. You ever notice mm. that? Like you can line up like,
0: I'm sorry. I didn't mean to interrupt.
4: No, it's you. fine. I came across a young man who was clearly enjoying a dish of fish oh, that he was be eating. Slow. And he said, uh, young man, why are you eating that fish? And the man says, because I love fish. He says, Oh, you love the fish. That's why you took it out of the water and killed it and boiled it. He said, don't tell me you love the fish. You love yourself. And because the fish tastes yeah. good to you, therefore, you took it out of the water and killed it and boiled it.
3: Very well. Very good. So yeah.
4: much of what... That's exactly Luka's what
3: I'm saying. Here. What's it's what fish. this recording saying.
4: Okay. And so, young couple falls in love. Young man and young woman fall in love. What does that mean? That means that he saw in this woman someone who he felt could provide him with all of his physical and emotional needs. And she felt that this man, somebody she feels that she can write, that was love. But each one is looking out for their own needs. It's not love for the other. The other person becomes a vehicle for for my gratification. Yep. Too much of what is called love is fish love. An external love is not on what I'm going to get, but what I'm going to give. We had an ethicist, Rabbi Dessler, who said, the people make a serious mistake in thinking that you give to those whom you love, and the answer is the real answer is you love those to whom you give. Mm. And his point is, if I give something <laughs> JP, to you, your I'm face, you're like what? <laughs> in you. I just thought right? I and good. since self-love is a given, everybody loves themselves. Now that part of me has become in you. Right, there's part of me in you that I love. So, true love is a love of giving, not a love of receiving.
0: Interesting.
3: Yeah, that sums up exactly what I'm saying. We we don't have. um, I know you got something, JP. No, no, you're good. good. Uh, We don't have that uh, competency yet culturally as a as a whole body in America and we'll get there and hopefully when we get there we'll be the coolest at it because we're the coolest at everything else that's my you mm-hmm. know positive way of looking at it but we just we don't know what love is yet we were too selfish like every one of us even when we're doing good I see it in my friends that are well adjusted and married and stuff they're gross relationships Yeah, and I'm not talking about people being abused or anything these are good people it's just that philosophically I know that man, it ain't, it ain't, love is, is measured by how much you can get out of your own way and how much of yourself you can let go of, but we're, we're bred and all our ideas in America are predicated on selfishness, me, yeah. me, me, and me manifesting my, my, you know, so there's no way love can come that's out of that. So for, exactly, those are, yeah. those that's are that's the it, little, man. the recent yeah. wild yeah. symptoms of sure. it, but it's, um, uh what was I gonna say? We can't tolerate criticism for that reason. The ego's like a little spider web or a bubble, you know, like to say burst your bubble. It's that sensitive. Like nothing can because your sense of self is grown too big. Hmm. Everyone you see, like when you hear about old dads or something from the past and they're talking about what they're doing for their family and stuff, and it sounds so miserable because it is, it it um it it's <laughs> like it's less of them. You remember when Bradley Cooper hopped in the backseat on uh uh the, the the Las Vegas movie where they the hangover? The hangover, yeah. Hangover, yeah. And he's talking about he's like every day, just a little bit <laughs> yeah. more of your like, He's talking about being married, yep. yeah. And he's talking about how much uh, but I know they're talking about, but the question is, why do we do that at all? Here's why. For human beings, our curse is that we can't get fulfillment unless we Do it through uh, responsibility. That's the, uh, we got too much of something. Maybe it's too much consciousness Mm -hmm. or too much brain. I don't know which one. I think it might be like uh, um, Rustin Cole, uh, McConaughey's character in Mm -hmm. True Detective, said, I think we might be creatures that have. Now
0: you have to say it like him. Uh, Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. uh, yeah, He he played (laughs) that
3: part too well. But I think we may be creatures that have too much consciousness so we're too aware of ourselves so we are grossly selfish and we can't we can't check that very easily therefore yeah. anyway we can't take criticism i think for that that reason because we have too much sense of uh self and we simultaneously can't fulfill ourselves because we can't get out of our own way
2: and that's bolstered by our overreaching societal norms
3: okay yeah, so one of the on that?
0: one of the things that you had said chris was you were talking about the previous generation, them being great and stuff, and and that's something that a lot of people share across well, the board.
2: Isn't that what the the generation prior to the boomers were referred to as the greatest generation? Yeah, I mean, just
0: because they fought know. World War II, sure, yeah, and it was great. You know, all power to them. Well, they
2: they built America's infrastructure. Sure, the boomers just took the ball and ran with it. And, they built it in their eighty two Corvettes, and they agreed. There. It's it, but what we also
0: need to think about is that. That greatest generation, we still have to be critical of the things that they did. And when you become oh, critical, yeah. like, cause it was built on the backs of exploitation and, 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 and fucking people over black people. We, it's hard to see us as part of that, you know, greatest generation when they wouldn't let us really go in and work anywhere. And when you also think of things like, all the previous generations who worked hard, who did all this stuff to provide for the family, to, to not put them in a position to suffer like they did. We have to we have to even be critical of them, because if you did everything right, wouldn't we have a better suicide rate? Why is it continuously going higher? What is happening right now to put people in a position where, OK, these people prepared for you. They've done all this other stuff for you. But you want to kill yourself now?
3: Like
2: the, the same reason like Mark, Mark was talking about fulfillment being yeah. linked to responsibility. Yeah.
3: For humans, unfortunately for Ooh. the, because you're saying the suicide rate, I'll be real quick for the same reason. Yeah, if you, drugs if you, give, a, you give a plant and put it outside or you put it somewhere where there's no nighttime where there's only sunlight and only water, you, what will happen to the plant? Yeah. It'll wilt it'll become will. weak yeah. and it'll get cool. weird and even mutate. Too much. We we just that's the kind of creatures we are. We we're built to have a certain um what's it called challenge or whatever. A certain amount of mm-hmm. like like your dogs and stuff. Threshold. You gotta work them. Test, yeah, test yeah. your yeah. threshold. Just, yeah. just, testing threshold. Yeah. Just, just testing that threshold. Yeah, you have
2: to. And, and that's or the thing no good. about my statement on the Greatest Generation. Mm. That very much includes anyone, but people of color. Sure. Okay. P- marginalized groups across the motherfucking board. The thing is, is that the plight of individuals during that era was infinitely different. Again, if we were to reference roughly Maslow's hierarchy of needs, you can't take that same paradigm. And that's why when people are so dogmatic about our founding fathers, I'm like, why are you otherwise a reasonable human being until we start talking about the constitution and then yeah. you act yeah. like that shit was handed down by Jehovah himself? Yeah. Yep. You know?
3: It's yeah. <laughs> ridiculous. It's
2: it's absolutely it's absolutely absurd, but the but the thing is is that whenever you've got people that are struggling struggling being part of the equation there there ends up being markers if you have struggle without satiation there ends up being markers and then you push a threshold to a point where people will m- mobilize and get together and be and, and throw their hands up be like no I, i'm not putting up with this shit however if you've got the struggle you're you're empowering people you're gassing them up arbitrarily enabling our society enables enables it's super easy to just be like hey man you're great it's, it takes a real friend to be like look you're fucking up because you might alienate yourself from somebody else so we've got a generation of people that are not too genetically dissimilar or a couple generations of people who are not too genetically dissimilar practically the same In in when we're talking about actual anthropology who now Have The struggle has shifted markedly, but the struggle still exists, but it's coupled with this overcompensatory satiation. Consumerism, buy, consume, collect, have, possess. Putting all this emphasis on fucking possessions and things like that, if you're constantly satiated, fucking constantly motherfucking satiated, like Mark was saying, that plant is getting everything it needs. It's getting too much of what it needs. Mm. And it's it's completely effing up any kind of semblance of what would be a natural bio-rhythm or homeostatic state for an organism.
0: And that sounds like what JP was saying when you were like, it's because we're getting too many of the uh, participation trophies. Oh, for sure. That seems yeah, like sure. continuously watering. Like, a loss is something that is good that oh, people need to have. have. You ask any athlete,
1: yeah. and in, in a lot of a lot of Americans pride ourselves on the our athletes. But if you ask any athlete, they learn more from a loss than they do a win. Yeah. The okay. reason being is because when they get on whatever field they're playing on or court, they are they are there to win. Mm-hmm. So if you win, then it's expected, like you did what you were supposed to be. Yeah. But if you don't, then you learn how to win the next time. The thing is like with, with kids and I don't have any kids, so I can't, I can't say one way or the other. I just noticed that like a lot of these kids are going to be getting participation trophies now, but then when they have something due in college, mm-hmm. that like, let's say it's a, like a midterm or something like that. Yep. And all of a sudden they don't understand why they're failing because they just, it's the
0: teacher's passed. fault.
1: Yeah. They they say it's the teacher's fault. And you're just like, nah, bitch, it's your fault. You want to know why? Because you have to do the work. Yeah. I can't just mm-hmm. give you a job. And yeah. I think that comes from the sense of like, as Americans, most people have this sense of entitlement that is not founded. Like if, like if you think about like when, a, when America was established, the people that are here now are not the people that were here then. Mm. And like we somehow came over a, a, and said, you know what? We deserve everything. You get fucking nothing,
3: yeah. and that has well, been
1: going generationally. since It's, it. it's
3: something I want to eventually contribute. Don't stop your thought though, no, JP, you're, you're good at- because um, it's so. I can see it in my head. I just can't articulate. I see this big, colorful, animated, interactive timeline, right? Mm-hmm. That's showing these key points in time where I think uh, I think Chris has been alluding to it today. But there's a point um, when that. Earnest, if you will, that noble striving to create something from the early settlers of this place. Aside from the unfortunate history of those who conquered the land, I'm talking about Ellis Island. I'm talking about the 1900s when they started to open up mm-hmm. and people were coming over here. Didn't know to ask from yeah. the holding ground and making it happen. And we're all, you know, five and six generations what removed away do, from though?
1: them. They that, found people that they knew yeah. that spoke their same language. W- well, <laughs>
3: well, what I'm going to get at is, I think that's okay. I think that was that was a good human movement but what happened was someone something like jp morgan i'm not trying to go yeah. illuminati but somebody like kind of hijacked that and made this cyclical thing of consumption mm-hmm. where your identity wasn't about just i just think about all the italian people you know and all the irish people that come on you hear those stories of how they were and it was crazy but mm-hmm. everybody was trying to make it happen everybody had the, everyone culturally had their little time in the underworld if you were the criminal world, everybody, the Jewish people, Italian sure. everybody had a little time when they're doing crime. Then they kind of muscled their way into the American structure. You know, maybe they were the firefighters and policemen, or maybe they established the accounting and banking. You know, everyone got the way Italians went into all kinds of stuff, the uh, Wall Street and stuff, but they they had to do it illegally at first. Sure. They just it's cool. I like that American story, you know, but somehow Someone started to exploit when you got to that certain level where your all of those other things, your identity was all established through consuming and being taxed over and over. And it's like, Ooh. you know, it was a. I think it would have went a different direction, but a few small group of really smart, really wealthy people kind of hijacked it because it was going really good, really fast. And we have, I'm not trying to talk about that kind of conspiracy stuff, but we have historic, well-known markers of when this happened, like dollar went away, you know, Federal Reserve was put into place. They were quickly getting out ahead of this, like, all right, we're about to have like an infinite source of wealth and power to the end of time because we're gonna we're gonna exploit this very good thing that America has going on.
2: Well you know you was talking about Ellis Island
3: and stuff like that. Yeah. And
2: they they figured out that formula right? Yeah like, formula this is, it's it's you know corporate psychology like a, a lot of big yeah. entities they have people who are psychologists mm-hmm. yes. that fucking have doctorates in psychology that are analyzing this type of shit, right? Yeah it didn't go unnoticed that Mm -hmm. everything you said is true and along with that a caste system of sorts you could show up and you could be irish as fuck and be shit on in every way shape form or fashion Mm -hmm. as it relates to somebody that was born in the united states but at least you weren't black or chinese Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and you know what it's just in the same way that slavery morphed into the prison industrial complex right just in the same right. same motherfucking way that that happened, we have morphed our caste system, which a caste yeah. system seems to be, it's as common in human cultures as mandalas oh, yeah, are. It is yeah. a universal fucking thing that se- tends to, to transpire. Yeah. We have morphed our caste system into much more of a vocational caste system. And I won't even say it by socioeconomic brackets. It, we are very much defined by our vocation. We are f- defined, and I've I've harped on this numerous times. One of the first things a motherfucker will ask you in the United States is, "What do, do you, you do?" do. Yeah. Yep. That is unheard of on any other social playing field. If you yep. go to another country, that is one of the rudest fucking things that you can ask yep. somebody it because it essentially, is essentially again, and I'm I'm repeating it tells myself. Tells you how to talk to them. It, yeah, yep. it's it's how much respect do I do I assign you based upon your station?
3: And I want to say, too, I catch myself doing that and trying not to ask people that now because I've come to realize that, too. Oh, I do it. Because I'm down in the rat race of this part of the world right now. Nashville's popping, and that's what it is, and you start to hear it out of your own self. And you like to make connections with somebody
2: that you think is like you. Well, you want an
3: authentic... uh, connection period you start to see the grossness in it i don't know if that was what you're saying but you start to become disgusted with it i'm like man after it only takes a few years you're like man this is look at this is shit right like you make a lot of money but you really you you spend so much time that the stress and anxiety it's like it don't balance out something's not right if i'm
2: sitting there and uh, amongst folks and they spend more unless we're legit sitting down formulating some type of shit and that's the objective for it Mm -hmm. if we are recreationally just kicking it and a motherfucker spends more than a couple of minutes talking about um, money or Mm -hmm. how much money they make or lauding even subtly or inadvertently lauding and talking about business and how impressive well do you know this person yeah, I, th- you name it, drop on me, man. Oh like, yeah, oh, I fucking fuck. hate it. I hate name dropping, fuck. and that's the thing. And especially in Bowling Green, Kentucky, <laughs> yeah, and, and yeah. anybody that's listening, you can write it down. You can fucking date it, <laughs> whatever. I do not give a fuck. Yeah, who you are. Yeah, in Bowling Green, Kentucky, mm-hmm. in Kentucky, in the United States, I care how you treat other human beings. I Absolutely. agree with that. and I, agree. I and I also care how sincere you are about ownership of your own shit. Even if Mm -hmm. you the enemy, even if you are my motherfucking enemy, if you are diametrically opposed to me on every level, if you step up on, on the podium and you're like, I'm a social Darwinist. I feel like this is how the human race is going to move forward. I'll be like, yo, I don't like you. At least I know where I stand with you. And I respect that Mm -hmm. shit. I think one of the things too,
0: that, that, um, uh, if, if we, you hear the, the the what do you do for a living the same thing really applies to uh this whole political talk too so if you tell someone where you reside politically it's very easy for people to just change up how you uh change up how they talk to you all the time the funny thing is that i was thinking about this the other day i was like do i do i claim libertarianism because it helps me have converse conversations with people because a lot of my stuff. And it
2: gives you an out. It does give you an it, out.
0: It gives me an out, but it also allows people, it, it gives me the opportunity to show people, like, hey, other people can have an intelligent conversation with you and, and disagree with you and not be on the same side, if you will, as you yeah. are. And
1: we're. Go ahead. ahead. No, well, I was just saying, like, because essentially in our political sphere, unfortunately, like, it really boils down, boils down to the two parties. Yes. And so, like, a lot of the times I try to gaslight people. Yeah. Like I'm I'm a very liberal person, but like if I find out that somebody's a Republican, yeah. I'm like motherfucker. I believe look- Democrat. <laughs> like, and You're I just I, like, so
0: why do you hate uh, black people?
1: Oh man, there? like <laughs> I like I. St- it's it's terrible that I do that. But the thing is, like, it's not that I just. It's not that I identify as a Democrat. Sometimes I just want to see how firm you are in your fucking stance. Yeah. And so, if somebody, how much
2: research you fucking done? Yeah, because if you most if, people have. If somebody
1: tells me that they get their information from Fox News. I will I will sit there and dismantle or, what they're or doing or
2: even even one yeah just, e- one. just e- one just give me one e- even if they they say I get my news from and fill in the blank with a very so concise so you're like, hey, yeah, turned off because if I get asked where do you get well goddamn how much time you got yeah. did yeah. I read a collective of different exactly. things and kind of ascertain what seems to make sense. Out and of I, think, I feel good. If somebody gives you three, if you can yeah. give me
1: three things as you get your information from, I'll give you that. But if you give me just one, you're fucking sheep.
0: Yeah. At the end of the day, you're sheep, man. And if, and if you, I think that if we were to listen more to, uh, to other countries and and see some of the stuff about the the way that they view Americans like it really goes to I think Mark had said in our last episode what if we were to start judging the success of our nation based on how we are treating other people oh man like if if you if we were to have that I, I, that's been racking my brain for a mm-hmm. long like since that episode and it's like if we were to have that same type of success like you can love your party all day but it, like the only way, in my opinion, that I'm going to love my party or love my country or anything more is when I know of a way to make it better.
2: Do you see what at, I'm saying? And at, the as, way
0: to make it better is to be like, where am I fucking well, up? There
2: you go. Dogma. Yes. From the very beginning, when we started this shit with the Salomists, we were anti-dogma. That, yeah. was, that was the number one enemy on our motherfucking radar. And dogma is absolutism. Yeah. And it's a very human thing to want to label and organize and, and put things in a certain order so, such yep. that they make sense, right? Yep. And absolutism is a method by which we do that. Mm. But then you've got absolutes like black and white. And then in this motherfucking room, you've got Kalu and Mark and Chris and JP. Mark is effectively the genetic middle ground between you and I. Mm. I'm effectively the genetic middle ground between JP and Mark. However. Yep black, white, what are you? You know what yeah. I'm saying? Like yeah. Yeah. there, there's all these definites and yeah. absolutism applies again to whenever you're assigning people values based upon their vocation or their gender. Oh, and, yeah, And so how can you love a motherfucker? And again, this is me going down my, my bullshit rabbit hole a little bit, but objectification. Uh, we had a whole episode that centered on objectification. Mm-hmm. You are fundamentally fucking objectifying every human being that you walk up to, yeah. And you have to recognize it in For order sure. to mitigate sure, yeah. the negative elements of yeah. it. Mm-hmm. It's natural. We do that as human beings, as cogniz as, as conscious entities. We can't help but motherfucking do that. It's it's like when we talk about strong mm-hmm. training, strong and why you and I don't train strong man because it's not if you are gonna get hurt. It's when you get hurt. What are you gonna do when you get hurt? What you gonna do when you get hurt? It's not if you objectify people. Hmm. We objectify fucking everybody. Hmm. We make caricatures of fucking everybody. The responsibility is on your end to do the extra work and not look for shortcuts that are based upon somebody's skin color or what they do for a living. X Y motherfucking Z.
0: Yep.
2: Going back to like what. Kalu had mentioned that you had said in the
1: last podcast.
3: You who? Mark. So the listeners are not uh, uh,
1: Man, I was like, I'm in this conversation. I look directly in your eyes. I was like,
2: uh, Mark, Mark's point. like, call me daddy. Yeah.
0: Yeah. <laughs> All
1: right.
2: I'm sorry, daddy. Yeah. My bad. <laughs> Daddy's
3: <in, but> <laughs> on Mark, Mark. Who? <laughs> My. yeah, so, yeah. So, your, your hand, your hand, hand, hand wasn't on my thigh. So <laughs> listen, you, could, listen, you, my, could, you couldn't be addressed. Hey, listen, I'll get, I'll get warm
0: man.
1: Like listen, I'm gentle I, as fuck. I'm just, messing, I'm just messing with you, man.
3: Just, I the listeners want to, yeah. you know. I was trying. Okay, to...
1: you're okay. So have have any of you all worked in like a because um, in in industry, what happens is is uh most of the time you get a review and it's based on the people you work with. Mm-hmm. So, um, like, uh, I worked at a facility, um, a few years ago and my review and money for my raise was based on the group that I was around. So like in the department that I was in, if they came in and had grievances in my review, it went against how much of that money I could get it punished the whole class. So, so what happened was like, like, uh, it, depending on like your time that you'd serve. So uh, let's say I'd I'd start in March. So the next March when I come in, they would say, okay, everybody here, the people that I actually worked with in my department would have to fill out a paper to say, listen, uh, you do this. Well, you really suck at this. This is how much I think you should make. And once they get a general consensus through the room, that's what you got. Mm -hmm. So the thing is like, so what you're saying, Mark. Uh <laughs> so what you're saying. <laughs> I had to throw it in there. In you, said it,
3: you, you said it with a Q. <laughs> you said it with an N. Yeah. <laughs> not not, a, not, a, not a, that's rough as shit, that, man. That's fucked up. That's fucked up. What, Mark with an N? I didn't get it. Didn't get it. it, it with a hard R I was I was thinking C K and Q. I might have lost everybody so, when I said that. No, so,
1: so the idea is that, like, in in what you're saying is, if we graded ourselves as Americans based yeah. on the people that we interacted with on the global scale, like we wouldn't get any fucking money on RMU We wouldn't get shit because that's right. We shit on everybody. That's right.
3: That's right. All right, man. Yeah, that's no a got- that's a perfect uh, diamond board And I can't help but think. I'm such a fucking racist, man. I just think, I think that <laughs> right. Andrew Yang's intimation of that comes from that old genetic predisposition that's in people that have been on the planet as long as his ancestors. He's talking about a communal approach to it, isn't he? Yeah. He's smart enough to not stay that. He just takes a little bit of it. It's like the tip of an iceberg. Mm-hmm. He's got a. uh ancient idea underneath that when he talks about well let's just measure our GDP because that's who I was paraphrasing mm-hmm. when I brought that up the other day Andrew Yang said it to someone I was like yo that's really fly I'm glad he's pushing that I wonder if people listening to Yang understand the implications of how beautiful that is because what he's talking about is communism sorry yeah. but he said, he said what if we measure our GDP by how well people are doing, people are doing, mm-hmm. not numbers, not status, not your job, not your income, shit. mental health and all that. Like, are you happy? Are you, can you go outside and like fire up the grill and not be worried mm. like about what's like coming next and all that stuff? Cause I thought, I thought, man, see he's thinking right. Because when you've been on the planet that long, you know what the catalysts for revolution are. You're trying to keep that, you know, pendulum from swinging or whatever. Sure. You're trying to keep a balance. And I think we could do it. I think we could do it technically too. I think we could check ourselves and be like, all right, I'm in. um I wrote a paper a few years ago uh about, oh, what was it? Oh, it was about the genre weed and um, some stuff in Darfur or whatever. And anyway, sometimes like China's like got this enormous oil rig in Sudan that it looks as big as a town. It's Mm. enormous, but they're quietly moving into Africa Africa. and setting up and stuff. And then I was, um, I don't know what the paper was about, but I was making the point that none of us are less than six degrees separated from that. So I had everybody in the class say, you know, who has an Xbox or a Nintendo or something like that? And then I showed them Foxconn and I showed them the the materials that the silicon boards are made from and the petroleum comes directly from there. It's like one three degrees. Yep. You got an Xbox, the components in your Xbox come from Foxconn. Foxconn's petroleum comes from the North African yep. oil rig that China set up, which is giving us these awesome Nintendo Switches mm-hmm. for $1.99. Switch You're not removed from it. Yeah, and that's so dope. I wanted and to-, to JP's point, what if, what if the cost of my games in my Nintendo Switch was based off of that? Oh yeah. man. what if what if what if that Legend of Zelda, which I would have happily paid 200 dollars for that game? Hmm what if that game was, you know, and it went down yep. after, what if that game was $4.99? Yeah. It's Motherfuckers like, in Manhattan <laughs> could afford it. And afford then by it. the time it got to where I could afford it, it may have been $1.99. But the whole point is, this is what, this, this is really the carbon footprint of this video game. There's a tribe whose little dusty desert village got wiped out so we could pop this oil rig down in Northern mm-hmm. Sudan. And uh, we want them to have a, a water well and a few other things. So, if you're going to indulge in this video game, America, this is actually the cost of it. We could work out that math, couldn't we? If we've got yeah. the stock market, we could work that math out. Yeah, this makes me think and of, make it visible, like you know they do that farm to table thing that yeah. shows you everywhere your beef has been or something. Yeah. Like do that with every consumer thing. This makes with me your think iPhone of or the
0: or um, when my wife and I we went to go see Brian Callen. Uh, on Friday, it was goddamn hilarious! By Man, the way, amazing. Where was he at? Zaney's. Yeah, so, yeah, just come natural without telling me. I do now. Yeah. <laughs> now just slide
3: on in and slide on the outside. Oh my fucking quick. god! I ain't lived down there he's for three like years. sometime you he he's, he's really like no, it. no. He's probably been to eat at that place around the corner from no, my house I five times did. since I've Clue is like that, ain't he? Yeah, Zaney's okay. Yeah, yeah. I hope y'all caught a flat tire. Go ahead. His wife don't like black people. She really hates black people. No. Shit He he might not Elizabeth Elizabeth is Cool Elizabeth as
0: it gets like, i like They got me They got me <laughs> I'm You, like, not, you know, talking old genetics And clues in this scene <laughs> just, just
3: vibrated, <laughs> <like>. <laughs> I'm sick, Man Y'all saw Brian Callen? Yeah, yeah. How
0: recently? Uh, it was Friday. It was, dude, it was goddamn yeah, hilarious. Yeah, he's the man. But one of the things that he said was, you know, in, in the midst of all the jokes, he was saying that he his family went to Africa. And they went when they went there, um, they saw this rhino. It was a white rhino. It was beautiful. It was majestic. All this other stuff. They said the next day they came back, they found out the, the white rhino had been poached. And so the crowd was like, oh, shit, you know, that's so terrible. And he was talking about how mad he got. And, you know, they obviously post it for the the horn, you know, and yeah. so he was talking about that and he was saying, oh man, I just want to go get a, I want to go get a helicopter and blow them up and kill all the people that did that and take, take revenge and this that, and the other. And he, and so they were telling him, they're like, look, this, this horn sells for like, I can't remember, as he said, like a hundred something thousand dollars on the black market. That is used to feed their the families at these places and send their kids to college to go to a better type of thing or to to have a better life. And so he was talking about how he like felt bad and stuff like that. And then he said uh, he was talk he talked later on it uh, towards the end of the the standup and he was saying that he was like, why did they leave a little bit? Why didn't they take the whole horn? Why did they leave just a little bit right here? And he said that the poachers leave us some of that. Uh, so we can take a little bit of money and we can help our families because hmm. these were the, the, you know, the tour guides, you know, they left a little bit to those guys. So we won't tell that you guys are, we aren't, we aren't going to rat you all out, oh, but yeah. it's so we can help yeah our thing. So it's, it's funny when you think about like how many degrees of, That's or right. if you talk about the circle of life or the circle That's of right. something. So when I, the point that I was making is when I was looking on social media the other day, someone had posted if you can't he said something like if you can't support this country like go find a country that you support. I was laughing because I was like, this guy's supporting India because he's using Facebook, which is written by a shitload of Indian developers and a lot of people from other nations and all this other stuff. So it's like if we start to play the game of how many degrees of not America are we? Mm-hmm. It doesn't take very long till you realize mm-hmm. nothing that we have is really American. You can and, and maybe the America that you're supporting is the exploitative part of it, but – you're not like none of this shit we have here
3: is that's really not American. That's why that bubble bursts so easily because all we have that's so uh, so-called um, what's the word I'm looking for? Unique or our own is in our imagination. Yes. And that's why it's so easy to take it away. You can't take away China's legacy. You see what I mean? You can't yeah. take away Japan's heritage for them. We're a young teenage body polity you yeah. know what I mean we're not we don't have anything yet that we didn't kick somebody's ass for or and at the same time we're home to all the dopest people dopest mm-hmm. athlete, dopest minds and stuff that have all come here so it's like how can you how can you not Know that about yourself. Well, the same reason the hotshot high school quarterback thinks he's a hotshot when all he is is a result of very good parenting, yeah. very good support that makes it available. For oh him, my God. A very good coach. He ain't shit yet. He's not a man yet. So but maybe, he's a badass high school hotshot. Maybe you America what I mean? is the That's little, how America little brother. Is.
0: Huh? America is the little brother that the rest of the world has been taking care of.
3: No, no, no. Well, Britain's, what, no, always, said Britain's always said that. Britain's always said that. It's like, y'all didn't really. Break loose from us. We didn't want to deal with your ass. No, but I'm ass, you know saying I mean? like
0: all the yeah. talent, all the all the yeah. good shit that we have comes from people. Like it's like subconsciously, if we were to, if we well, were to the treat, youngest
2: kid in the family, gets the, the benefit gets of, the all benefits the cool of all the cool shit from the
0: older siblings. And yes. at the end of the day, yeah, yeah, they want they want to kick your little brother's ass, but yeah. they're and like, I need he's part he's, of the family, and he's yeah. arguably, and the most you love your little brother, one, yeah, yeah, because he's got yes. the benefit
3: of all these yes. older tutors, yes. Yeah. Oh, yeah, I, I'm the, yeah. Yes, yeah. it is. So you'd be like, damn, I, I know what I oh, and we just gotta have in built into our culture a feedback loop, you know what I mean? Mm. So that you can what if I've already said it before, I don't we're, have to say we're just it. We're a said it a million times. Like
1: we're the we're the younger brother, but we're the bully. It like, well, we're, we, we're, just we're just the, we're the bully brother. Yeah. I mean, yeah. but the, but the, I mean I we bully everybody spoiled. else. Like that's the problem, is like we bully everybody else.
0: Like, but I would say that not everyone else I hate not everyone else might have contributed to I'm saying the people that built America, China built America. We owe them a shitload of money. Not going to attack those guys. You know, we have Russia. We have all these other great Britain. We have, you know, you talk Saudi Arabia, all these people that provide us with oil infrastructure. Those people are part of, and I'm doing my air quotes, the family. Now we may fuck with them on in another country, we may have little spats and I'm, I'm reducing this to like a family affair type of thing. We may have an argument at, at, you know, at the restaurant, the restaurant Mm -hmm. might be Ukraine and Ukraine's taking the well, taking the blowback That's from That's All from our Vladimir fight that and them are
3: always mad about it. It's yeah. like y'all do gangster shit, but you come over our house, you come over Aunt Jody's house and yeah. do it. And then our house is unsettled when you get to go back home. Yes. That's all Russia's ever talking about. When they come when we come to that part of the world, Russell's like, yo, don't hustle on our block to use the drug dealer metaphor. You know what I mean? You gotta take your risk over on your side of town. Sure. You come over on my side of town, make it hot. Then you go back over there and yeah. you see, that's what America does. But America does it, the people in that part of the world, the, the lay people, the mm-hmm. the people, the citizens. Subject class. Yeah, the subject class. They're very, very good uh, terminology. They think it's America, mm. but they don't know it's just one or two global Elitists, you know, I mean, it's just some people with a lot of money trying to make some money. The guys yeah. that sell missiles, the guys that sell infrastructure, the Bushmen that that flip oil or whatever. Well, what, and, but what the, all what about Iran
2: that got interviewed on um, uh, Al Jazeera, I, I believe, that was saying, "We want to make this clear: we don't hate the American people; we hate yeah. the American government." Yeah, and and mm-hmm. I think that that speaks volumes. Mm-hmm. And and what if you know, we've been addressing this or trying to. We've been we've been Jabbing at it and you know parrying and going down little rabbit holes here and there, but you know we often get spoon fed this shit that might be a bit of a a a drug. Love is a drug, Absolutely. okay. Um, love devoid of the action, like the rabbi that I played that little little clip from, uh, is overwhelmingly it's it's just a drug. It's oxytocin. It's uh, it's dopamine releases and stuff. What about as a developed, enlightened species, instead of (coughs) looking at it from the angle of (coughs) love is the solution, (coughs) love is the answer, let's spread love. Perhaps that glosses over the fact that it's more necessary to mitigate hate than it is to foster love. Indifference, logic, Mm. science, ethics resided in in this middle ground where there's not this hysteronics hyster- that's associated with pathos. Love is pathos. Hate is pathos. So remedying an issue doesn't really come down to throwing another pathological element at it. In many ways, it can sort of exacerbate it. You Ray, know what
3: I'm very saying? Very well said. Yeah. You, man, that's beautiful. And we've not done that yet. That's why we got a prison system. We haven't figured anything out at a high, super civilized level because yet. we still we we total
2: Hemorabi in this motherfucker. That's yes, right. <laughs> we just, just use Himarabi violence. We this. just
3: use violence. If you, I used to give this analogy all the time. This is my last thing I'll say. I used to give this I don't know in what in response to what I used to say, but anyway, I used to talk about driving the speed limit and describing how we're, again, less than six degrees away from absolute violence. So that's how unsophisticated our mitigation techniques are as a culture. We're young, Like, What happens? You get out of here and you don't drive the speed limit get pulled over you get pulled over what happens if you don't uh decide to pull over you ignore the authority of the officer <laughs> depends on the car right, there you go yeah. it's less than three degrees you yeah. that's how quickly we can't even cooperate on the roads yeah except for a gut point that's how young and stupid we are as a culture you see what i mean mm. and we we'll make fun of those other countries, countries that have countries cops they not that, don't that have wild guns. that wild traffic and stuff yeah. and i'm not gonna claim to know what the statistics are on traffic accidents and stuff, but I know why they don't have that infrastructure. Mm-hmm. They don't they don't think they need sensible cooperation to be enforced violently.
2: Yeah. So I mean,
3: y'all seen the movie Just
2: Cause now, Samuel what? Jackson, where his daughter was raped by two white racist motherfuckers, and then he shot both of them to death. And then he's on trial. And I think I that was that's uh, a, time a time to kill time to kill time to kill. That yeah, just, it sounds exactly. like a book yeah, I read. <laughs> <what it was. laughs> but, but even that and, and again, yeah, like if, if I look at it and if I was in that situation, there is no way that you can spread that that I wouldn't be willing to throw my life and future away for the retribution hmm. of what transpired with my loved one. Yeah. And he says, uh, yeah, I wanted them to die and I, I hope they, they burn, burn in hell. hell. Yeah. There's yeah. nothing wrong with that. There, there, there isn't anything wrong with that. The, the, the thing is, is that on the one-to-one, there isn't a thing wrong with that. There, there is righteous retribution on the one-to-one. Sure. There's no such thing, in my opinion, as righteous re- retribution on the macro level. Yeah. Good. Unwrap that. What I mean is, is that once you start incorporating righteousness and the notion of righteousness along the lines of multiple individuals with with a converging... Ideal mm-hmm. or belief system, mm-hmm. it automatically becomes dogma. Becomes dogma. It, yeah. it becomes motherfucking dogma, and it's tricky. Dude. And and retribution as a function as a function loses all efficacy and teeth. That's why it, it it becomes on the macro level. We have to acknowledge that on the one to one that we still apes. We st- we barely out the fucking jungle. And but on the macro level, we have to if we all going to. Co- Coexists on this little lump of rock that's floating in the middle of goddamn nowhere that we have to adopt a a rehabilitation model when it comes to large scale issues. There's no way to apply. Well, I was wondering if you were going to go
3: back. That's my Naruto metaphor. Mm. The ninjas, man. I'm telling you, when you get describing what you just said, it leaves you in a pretty messed up like a rock in the heart place. You know, what do I do? People He deserves retribution. Retribution doesn't scale. Here's what you do. You have to be big enough. You have to get out of it. This is what actually an act of love is. You have to shrink your own ego just long enough to see the bigger picture. Shrink my own ego and in what I know I would want to do if that happened to my family. And then I have to give those amongst the human family with that impulse. I got to give them an outlet for it. Yeah. I'm not saying legalize pedophilia. I'm saying in Naruto, the ninjas get together every fight. so often and they fight. So there's not a great war. They have Mark, a tournament. Are you promoting so that- purges? Yes, that's exactly what I'm Especially Purging Perg- is certain a whole nother thing. <laughs> I do sit in bed and romanticize about these different um, societal experiments. Like, this is a part of the world. I imagine it happening in somewhere like Africa where you could have enormous countries, you know, and still be on one uh, mass and yeah. be able to pull it off. Like, over here, if you like, if you like America, you'll like, This country. It's a lot like America. We run a little experiment over there. They vote people in. It's crazy. There's guys with billions of dollars. It's cool. But if you don't like over here in Cameroon, we got a different experiment going on. You can live over there. You can't make you can't be a multimillionaire, but you know, like they don't have light bills and they don't pay rent. It's weird, man. You might like and over here in this, you know what I mean? These people like they straight lived in Cabins and stuff, right on the edge of the Congo. Nobody even knows how they support themselves, but they also have the responsibility of preservation and stuff. And they track the crazy species of animals for us. So, you know what I mean? The kind of half wild men like Chris. to like they live over there. No one yeah. tells them what to do, but they have a high responsibility naturally. Mm. Like they keep the forest fires and stuff happening. It, it, can you imagine yeah, that? It be would be crazy. cool if if the if we could tune ourselves the way the ninjas do. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? We have a part of the human family that has what I think is an inexplicable impulse to violence. And so we give them a place to do that, that it's cool. And just say, all right, this is where you do that at. Because it might be the same people that get us rockets yep. to find another planet. Yep. And you got to be able to swallow both those things. Mm. And that's what, it, to inverse the inverse of what Christian said. The irreconcilable reality is we have atrocities in the West that can never be answered for. They're that bad. Yeah, And then, mm-hmm. Along with that, we have con-, con contributions to civilization that are unmatched. Yeah. So it's like, damn. Yeah. You know what I mean? I don't want to take one away from the other. It's like yin and yang. Yeah.
2: It's a logical fallacy that's often presented that there's this slippery, slippery slope when we talk about accountability and individual variation and stuff. It's not to say, hypothetically, I'm going I'm to paint this dumbass, ass picture for you. Say there was a, a mental health issue that was coined Hitler syndrome. Mm. You born and you just, okay. you can grow up and be a motherfucking Hitler. I mean, you're going to be a Hitler from an early age. You're going to be just a murdering fucking demagoguery, like just terrible motherfucker. Right. That's not your fault though. You were born that motherfucking way. Okay. I think, and again, this is from a scientific standpoint, people, people, And and again, we are the culmination of genetic predisposition acted upon by the socialization process. There is this misconception that if somebody is a liability to society proper, that by acknowledging that they are that liability through no means in their control, that somehow they're going to get a free pass. And that's not the case. You can still put things in order and look, and I'll go ahead and motherfucking say it. People that child rapists and fucking murderers and things like that, euthanasia, fucking whatever. And I'm just throwing that out there. That's very rough. I haven't sat down and like (laughs) done a prospectus on euthanizing people that are dangerous to to society proper. However, these acknowledgements of individual malady, Of things that may or may not be out of an individual's control go a long motherfucking (laughs) way when you're talking about the rehabilitative end of it. Mm -hmm. And, and if you throw, like, if you look at the numbers for any country that's adopted a rehabilitation based model for their legal system, it has enormous positive fucking benefits. However, again, you, that doesn't, you look at Scandinavia, I'm not so, so contextually socialistic that I feel like a Scandinavian country scales to the United States yeah, it absolutely of America does not. Yeah, It's yeah. homogenous yeah. as hell and all sorts of stuff. A- absolutely. The but the bottom line, motherfucking is is like you were saying, retribution does not fucking scale because it yeah. gets lost in the sauce. The original thing, what is it? Helen of Troy mm-hmm. started a war, but but it was because of. of of a couple of people, yep, and all these other motherfuckers died. It's the same thing now. Yeah. Yeah. We are are living and dying protecting corporate interests instead mm-hmm. of us. Uh, some dude with uh, a a ruby pinky ring. Well, no, he probably they probably he's still doing some shit. They's probably still yeah. a cat with a ruby pinky ring calling some shots. But but their personal interests. Mm-hmm. It's mm-hmm. just yeah. we don't we don't call them kings and queens anymore. Where we we call them Rockefellers. Yeah. You, th- you just think of some of the, some and of the big like wars,
0: Pope. some of the big <laughs> wars, you know, uh, World War One was started when the Archduke Ferdinand, it was Archduke Ferdinand was assassinated. And then other countries literally got dragged in because they just, because of alliances, they were like, well, you're an ally of mine. I'm jumping in. It
2: was like CJ getting me in all in fights and shit. Pre
0: Yeah, I mean, <laughs> if they, yeah, if that's what happened then yeah. I mean, you're just because you guys have, we you know, your it. daughter He's married his son, you guys are allies now. Now because this guy pissed me off and this thing happened, this person got assassinated, we're all now dragged into this war and you have that kind of shit happening even now where I do believe that there are weird shit you know there's weird shit going on you just want someone gone involve everyone in there and then where i'm trying to figure out like people are saying here in america where we're falling into that is you your support of the nation it it unfortunately seems to hinge on who you voted for and and that's what that seems like all that it is the people that voted for trump are like hell yeah this is you know this is a great idea well people- you know
2: that meme that i shared that you was like it's got multiple points on it one of it's one of them was trauma bonding yeah. what yes ha- what happens when that occurs on a grand scale it, 9-11 was trauma bonding but it, it but even beyond <laughs> that um gangs mm-hmm. gangs is trauma bonding and and the what was killer mike show that he had.
0: Uh, it's like if if like uh, what's it called? It was on Netflix. Trigger
2: warning. Uh, Trigger warning. warning. Yeah. Now, good. now it started off good, and it, it, it went a, to shit. Yeah, it went completely to shit. But I liked what he was trying to fucking do. Like, I, I I liked that he was he was making an attempt at that kind of shit. But mm-hmm. the Cola thing, mm-hmm. I think, was a beautiful illustration of how. The Crips, the Bloods, whoever, these groups of individuals, it's just kind of a a microcosm that can be easily studied to show human behavior Easy. under stress. Mm-hmm. It's oh. this trauma bonding shit. So whenever you look at the United States and we spoon fed enemy after enemy after enemy after enemy, and this might put your hot pockets in jeopardy or whether you're going to have high speed motherfucking Internet. Obviously, you're going to be like, well, that motherfucker's all the way across the globe. I don't know nobody that looks like that person. I worship a white Jesus. Like, if you do the risk to reward thing, there is absolutely no benefit in really actually anybody in this room giving a fuck about somebody from the Middle East Mm -hmm. on an individual level. But empathy does scale up. If you mm-hmm. empathy as it applies to scaling up has enormous implications for a macro system when it comes to socialization mm-hmm. and societal norms and things like that. Punitive elements, retribution does not fucking scale up. Mm-hmm. Empathy fucking does scale up. Mm-hmm. Yep. There and it don't even have to be love. Empathy yep. don't have to be motherfucking love. Yeah.
3: We're the only creatures that's, that they're capable of it. Capable of that at that scale, it seems.
0: All right, so let's leave our listeners with a message. I want to keep it like we're we're doing good on time. I want to keep it under, you know, between an hour and an hour and a half. What's something that we can leave
2: people with if 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 each of us can can give a message? Always look at yourself first. Right. Always, especially if it's if it's a difficult situation or if you find that you are overwhelmed emotionally with regard to something where you feel like you've been wronged or you're the victim or you stand to lose a lot, you stand to gain a lot, the very first place you should look is at yourself. And there's no external reference point that's gonna be able to alleviate the fact that it is intrinsic to any meaningful development and process to look to yourself first, take inventory of where you're at with your core self and then go from there.
0: Cool. What you, JP?
2: I not to like jump on what Chris just
1: said, but honestly, I think that if you can put yourself in somebody else's shoes with empathy, I honestly think that that does a lot for mind frame because sometimes like sometimes I think that I've got things going very well in my life, Oof. but then little things like if I'm going to get gas, I always look to see what somebody pumped before me. And that like, was one of the
0: best things you told me. I started doing I, that. Now. I
1: just think like, it gives me perspective. Cause like, I'm like, man, like mm. I'm doing so well. And then all of a sudden, like, I look and this guy was able to get seven dollars. Mm. Like that's all that man or woman. They, and that's, that's all a they could story. Afford.
2: There's a whole story. Yeah, and, yeah. And, and so
1: to me, like I'm like I'm so blessed in my that's very a moment. Beautiful fucking thing it, to think about for real. It's just man. it's something small
2: but poignant. Keep,
1: it mm-hmm. keeps me very grounded because like yes, I can fill up my car, but also like. There's somebody else out there that's doing something that they're having a difficult time with.
2: That they're doing it, but yeah.
1: but I so even though I don't know that person as an individual, I have empathy for them because, like, I mean, realistically, like I could be three degrees separated from that moment. You know what mm-hmm. I'm saying? Like it could it could take a certain type of loss or something. So I think uh, you know, bouncing off of what you said, honestly, like I think that putting yourself first and, and being very analytical, but I think also like being empathetic to somebody else is huge because I don't know what you walk through in life. You walk through in life. I don't know what anybody walks through in life. I actually only know my path that I'm on and you could have had, uh, anybody can have more struggles or less. I just have to have empathy for the fact that like, whatever you're going through at that moment, I can't, I can't say that I've gone through it, but I also just, I feel for you and whatever I can do to help.
3: That's how I look at
0: it. Yeah. Sometimes that's all people need to hear. What about you, Mark? Um,
3: yeah. Read read Eric Fromm, The Art of Loving, um, and whatever I want to say, I think it's somewhere in that book. It's a very short book. Mm. I think you can read it in maybe an afternoon. Um, look for whatever behavior is completely unique to you as a human being, and that's the behavior to do. Mm. I don't know how else to explain it. So um, it's something like sacrifice. Yeah. If there's a situation where you can make twenty choices, the make the one that that an ape or a tiger or a lion couldn't make. Yeah, they're always they don't they don't have a ability to make an action outside of their Bypass. instincts. Mm.
0: Yeah, which the is self serving
3: always. And then, yeah, humans can go one step further. Uh, like like Jesus, he's got that 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 a uh, model or that metaphor really well. It's just showing you. Check it out. I can do this for everyone. Only only humans can do that. Mm-hmm. I can make one sacrifice that scales up empathetically for everyone else. And that's why I think that's a really good, um, sure. you know, the Christ metaphor is a good one for that. Try to do that. And um, you'll, you'll learn to, you'll eventually mythology's learn to track. Mythology's
2: cool, isn't it? Yeah, yeah it mythology's cool. It can package
3: stuff up for you. You know what I mean? I can, we're the only creatures that can do that. So try to look for, how to do that in all of your challenging situations, and um, and whatever that is, I think is something like gotcha. love. Yeah. Somebody, I,
2: I, somebody Sp- real mad that I call Jesus mythology. <laughs> I well, to, I mean, Spock did it. You know what I'm saying?
1: Like, I mean, Spock sacrificed himself. You know what I'm saying? Sure did. I mean, I, sure I, did. I, I, that's I, not myth, man. That's real.
2: Look, I, I follow <laughs> like, Spock more closely than Jesus. <laughs> to be honest
1: with you, I'm with you on that.
0: I think for for me, it's. Its that and I, and I've learned this a, a, a long time ago that love is a responsibility. Um, and I think that if you are if you are responsible for something like this country or something like that, you want to make sure that it does as good as possible. And sometimes that means you getting out of the way. Sometimes that means you checking your ego at the door. Um, it means you humbling yourself, taking a loss, um, being critical of it. I, like I try to do the I try to do that with my wife. I try to do that with myself. And I've realized that my level of love increases with my level of like evaluation of things. Um, and I try to stay multiple it's a it's a weird balancing act because I try to stay multiple steps ahead of things, especially for people outside of myself, you know, all the people that I love. I try to stay multiple steps ahead and try and see things. But the hard part, which is the human part, is that I have to fight myself to not control it and 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 not take the driver's seat of whatever is happening. Mm-hmm. So what just kind of what you had said is find find the thing that an ape would do take control of something and do a step above it, which is let the world just happen. And I think that that is one of the, the biggest things that I've, uh, that I've learned. Um, but also check yourself a ton, um, how you love something or how you love someone should not be in the same way that, that you like treat your car or that you protect like sandwich or some shit like that like you most of us sandwiches cool fuck yeah I do yeah <laughs> <laughs> it's yours oh huh? yeah I'm if it's PR mine ourselves. I am i you talk it. about protected no, but, but I'm, I'm you know just any sort of object I think that we we just objectify a lot of stuff we don't really love a lot of stuff and we um, love
2: ourselves and, and we, we love, love what ourselves. those things can do exactly
0: for us. and and that is the hardest thing it was the hard thing for me to, to stop thinking like what can this person do for me and it's, it's like, you realize how much of a dick you sound like I, when you and, realize and it's that a you've balance. been doing it. It's a balance. Exactly. Because you
2: don't want, you got, you, we very likely have one little bit at this yeah. and you don't want to go completely down in flames. Yeah. You you treat yourself, be selfish sometimes, yes. and, but and of then course be knowingly selfish.
0: Yes, and of course you're gonna love America. You can walk outside and piss on off of your deck. Like I have a swimming pool. Like I have of course I fucking love America. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like I can go and jump on the internet, steal movies not give a fuck you know i'm Don't sin- forget watch porn. Uh, yeah, Lot's of porn and I it's can not, do and all. it's
1: not it's not censored either, you know what i'm saying? No one's going to yeah. come
0: in here and arrest me. Shows you have every everything. single reason. <laughs> there, there are you have every single reason on the planet to love this country. Like you have the baddest army. You could you can talk shit to someone in Iran <laughs> in some other country yeah. knowing that all y'all got to do is, is fuck up once, we'll send a carrier over and there's nothing that they can do about it. Like that, of course, you're going to love this country, but you have to look at history as well. You've got to look like some of the stuff that, you know, someone had posted um, <clears throat> a list of all the things that uh, Iran had done. And, you know, it was, they blew this thing up. They killed this person. They did whatever. And it was all these different events. And so I told him, I said, I gave, I sent him a link of here's all the things that, Here's the history of the Iran Iranian and American relations. Yeah. Starts in the 50s and it starts with us doing a bunch of like some shady shit, you know. Yeah, we've
1: done terrible stuff. So
0: like you you have to see, you have to take full inventory and and understand like hey, this shit just doesn't happen out of nowhere.
1: Well, it's easy for us to point fingers now because yes. like we write our own history. Mm-hmm. Like I, I unfortunately like it's not global history that is taking into account somebody else's view of what happened. We're just like, Hey man, we wrote it. Cause isn't it, isn't it like the idea that like, um, if you, if you can write your own history, then you can essentially write um, how either good Yeah. And nobody's ever going to write the bad.
0: And that's the thing with, I was going to say with like love and relationships, Mm -hmm. when you are writing the history, if you will, of your relationship, you're always going to see things in terms of how it, how it views to, how it's viewed to you. Like if you're sitting there comfortable, you're not going to think if you're being comfortable in whatever it means, ignoring the other, the pain that the person you're with is going through. Like I can say I'm sitting here having, having a great life. I don't know if, if my wife is, if she's stressing, if she's crying, depressed, like when you don't take inventory, you risk that kind of shit happening and you, and you risk bad, you know, surprise responses uh, or, or actions or whatever happening. And it's because you just didn't pay attention. Yeah. So that's kind of, I, I hope that, that everyone found value in this episode. Uh, like I said, you know, we'll keep saying, and I believe it. If you do, if you do truly, truly love something, you will be critical. You'll examine and you'll try and understand. Um, but always start with, you know, try and This is this is any episode, no matter what. Do what you can to learn to love yourself. Uh, and that's going to also mean finding your faults and try to make them better. Um, so do we have any shameless shout outs or anything? Um, we go?
2: I want to give a shameless shout out to the squatty potty. Squatty potty. <laughs> yeah, man, because it really it's more natural for human beings to have they elevated ACL squatting on a squatty potty.
0: You need a tall toilet for you to use. I just a need a regular potty. toilet. <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah, you do,
1: but you have big old daddy long legs. I know, I just, dude. Look at it, these things. Those things would be his knees would be in his chest if he was yeah, on dude. a squatty potty right now. For
2: man. those of you all that aren't an entire foot taller than me, <laughs> squatty potties are great things because they they facilitate a much more natural uh, movement of one's about. No, it's yeah. just, you're just happy you ain't dangling your fucking legs anymore. Yeah, that's I what know. it is. It's, it's, yeah, like, I heavily, I heavily kick my little feet. My, You know those little black and white shoes that you used to have had to take pictures in when you was a little yeah, kid? that's yeah. how I shit in them. Listen, <laughs> not like in them, but like I'm wearing them while I shit.
1: I need somebody to take a photo of you taking a shit with your feet just kicking. Because
2: like, I know they swing, man. Yeah, I know, I know. I know, I know it,
1: they
0: yeah. swing. All right, JP. But, do you have any shout? But, hey, and,
2: oh, I got, okay. I, and I got to give a shameless shout out, obviously, to uh, Tyler Young, Grade Eight Performance. You had great- a meal today, by the way. Do, do do what? You, I saw the meal you brought in. Yeah, today, well, so. I've got three shameless shout outs. Okay. I got to give a shameless shout out to Tyler Young at Grade Eight Performance. Always, the man is doing great things. I saw him. Uh, he pulled uh, six hundred for three. Really? He. Uh, Overheaded with a log 300 for four And a half before four counted Yeah But that half was still it Is that when he, grit. his nose Started bleeding and shit No this was like The other day Oh okay I
0: saw that one His nose started I was like hey This is too much Well I mean that happens yeah. Sometimes yeah. But
2: and then he also Loaded a I think it was a 365 pound stone That previously Had given him problems And he just dusted it Nice Also I want to give A shameless shout out To Ryan Hines mm-hmm. At uh, CEO Oxology Labs. Mm-hmm. He just got a
0: new position. He's taking over um, he, the Kroger on uh, 31W. I, know. So. I went in and
2: talked to him. Really? His manager over there. It's so I went in man. talked to him. I picked up some of his pre-workout. Yeah. Um, just re-upped on it. Again, I cannot, I can't bring myself to buy anything else as far yeah. as pre-workout is concerned. And if you have a caffeine sensitivity, just forego the part of the formula that has caffeine in it. Um, also, shameless shout out to uh, Josh Biggs and Fuel Nutrition. I got us. A, uh, I got a uh, chicken dogs get out chicken teriyaki bowl. We got the dogs came rolling in here. Yeah, the sleep. Got a chicken teriyaki bowl from Fuel Nutrition. It was fantastic. So again, Tyler Young Grade Eight performance. Ryan Hines at Oxology Labs. CEO underscore. CEO underscore Oxology Labs. And then we've, obviously we've got Josh Biggs over holding it down at Fuel Nutrition. So, uh, Frizz doing big things, uh, Hartley Weaver too, man. I, I haven't I haven't talked to him in a while, but he said he was be anxious he's, he's to come back on his right show right
0: now, crushing some food challenges. Yeah, he went to like
2: Venice Beach and all yeah. that shit, but he yeah. uh, he uh Hail a
0: five pound burrito, dude. Can you believe in like that? twelve oh. minutes? God, it's beautiful. He, uh,
2: he said that he'd like to come back on the show and let's and do it. Say where he's at and stuff. So
0: let's do it. JP, you got any?
2: Uh
1: well obviously I have to shout out my own thing. Uh Hefty Lefty Club Works. Uh yeah, you can the man himself. Hit, you can hit me up on uh Facebook. You can about hit me up on Instagram, uh hefty also, BT Lee's, that's my brother-in-law. He makes some fire-ass sauce. Yes. Uh, so if you need barbecue sauce or something, btlees.com. Uh, also, Man Made Creative. Yep. That's his and my sister's company where they uh, they do branding. Um, so hit them up. They've always got something going on. Um, I think that's, uh, that's
0: probably about it, man. That's, what's that's up. All the people I can think of. Mark, what do you got, my man? Uh, uh, here it goes. I see the, the smile. What? But-
3: do you ever do you ever wonder what Kalu thinks of me deep uh, down inside? Yeah, Kalu does I know, not know, I know what you, to do. With you're me. on just shout, shout out. Here we go to my friend in Nashville, the Hook family, and everybody else down there tightening up <laughs> and uh, having a good time. Uh, I got a video to show you. And shout out to um, um, Damn, I had a business and I, I lost it you going to say Tennessee Titans for no, the No, I was trying to think of the name of the business I ordered. Um, oh, RPM, RPM parts, RC okay. car parts. Shout out to them. They make aftermarket parts for popular remote control cars. They're lighter but more durable, so you can bash your car around. You know, it's funny. Breaking. I watched some
0: videos. Shout of, out to that business. I watched some videos of people using the type of RC car that you have. These it's people like have the backup ones, so they go and wreck them. And I was like, that's so much money in, in an RC car. It's kind of time. a ridiculous hobby. So, <laughs> yeah, it's a fun <laughs> hobby, though. At least you have one. Um, I don't really have, I mean, you guys, all, my shameless shout outs here <laughs> I usually give, you know. So, and then Chris took care of them there. Um, uh, we are going, I've got a couple of like um, ideas that I've got coming down the pipe as far as uh, content and episodes and stuff like that. Um, I'm possibly going to be doing one with one of my friends uh, this week. It'll just be a one-on-one. It'll be like a, a FYFT, find your fucking thing mm-hmm. type thing, just to learn about their business and learn about what they're trying to do. Um, I want to give a shout out to my buddy, Cody Turner. Uh, he, he is what and I've said it before. Whenever I was <clears throat> getting things started with the saloons, I just like to talk to him about it. Um, and so, one we were talking, I think it was on Friday, I think, and he was saying that one of his friends was looking to start a podcast. Do you have any sort of recommendations for, for stuff? And I was just saying, like, um, you know, I was telling the the platform that we use and all this, but then I was saying, you know, at the end of the day, it really just comes down to just being consistent. And knowing that you're going to suck for a couple of months and your listener count's not going to be high and you just have to stick through it. And Cody goes, I felt like someone told you that before. And I was like, damn it. That was your (laughs) advice, man. And here I am passing that down. I got
3: killer ideas for podcasts. I just don't have the discipline or energy to produce and maintain one, but send them my way. Uh, I can give them, even if they want to make money. Because uh, I think think – objectifying too early on it makes it too hard who cares about the numbers if you've got interesting people yeah and you like to talk like we all like to talk all the yes. time just dog, do it. it is going it is going to happen it's yes. gonna it's gonna happen that's the two things that i don't know for me seem hard to uh solve for yeah i don't know how to find people that are interested in talking about stuff all the time so mm-hmm. if you get that part solved what else is there yeah i mean Yep. I know. I make, I make
0: mountains out of molehills and I feel like I have to I, like. But
3: some. it's so Nigerian of you. It you know, is. Ashley Kuna's the same way. Yeah. And you don't know I can her I have but she probably she's said, is. I've she's seen she's so pot, her. like into the numbers and stuff. I'm like, man, you know how long it takes to do that? Or well, what? it's,
0: it's, it's the numbers just so I can be like, or not even for a, for a money thing. It's just like, is this grabbing? Is this getting their attention? Is this yeah. doing that? That's the kind it, of thing that. Yeah.
3: She has a bit of that in her too. She um, names her podcast like very like real world 1999, 2002. Like, 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 it was something like, do black people care about climate change? Jesus Christ. That was like the latest. I'm like, come on. How? Like, it's to me, it's too desperate for you on know uh, too yeah. yeah. Uh, what you know uh, click generating controversial yeah. kind of topic you know something like i don't know but what do i know man i don't yeah. know what makes people those clicks make money uh, and and, and oh, i,
2: I will it. say i i want to like half-assed apologize i want to half-assed apologize to any of y'all that that have to sift through to find whatever kernels of profundity that you find in our podcast uh and to the rest of you, uh, thank you for listening and supporting and gassing us up and
0: criticizing
2: and, and criticizing and giving us meaningful fucking feedback. Cause like I said, man, like I I realize and Kalou realizes, Mark realizes how we can be. Hmm. But it's also what makes us exceptional, in our opinion. Mm-hmm. Is the same thing that makes us rub people the wrong way. And I know that Sometimes it takes us a while and we wander along paths in order to get to these epiphanies, but we really appreciate y'all going along for the ride with us. And oh, isn't yeah. that
0: how anything is in life?
3: Don't. Huh? Don't. Don't. <laughs> Don't, do Don't. We're not getting back <laughs> in. But that is a criticism that I recently Claire heard. just so put yeah. on an he, Argyle sweater vest to <laughs> say that. <laughs> One of our big fans. I forgot to tell you that. I, maybe I deliberately didn't tell you that. But one of our big fans said that to me recently. She was like, Well, sometimes y'all go on and like you've already you've worked it out, but you keep going. Yeah. I'm like, we we know we do that too. We all look over and we catch ourselves. Yeah. We do that too. It's usually somewhere just north of an hour, but like we get better at it. Yeah. Someone said that, uh, you know, uh too long. hell, how long you've been full blown part of this? I don't it's know. It's pretty. Can funny. You,
0: yeah. Can you and, and can you imagine doing that?
3: How many like months has Mark
0: at, been three?
3: Yeah, I feel like three
2: or something. It's
1: so I like mean as an avid listener, I'm gonna say it's like three for yeah. sure because yeah. I can remember when he first came on. Yeah. I'll yeah.
0: tell you like the, consistent, the yeah. numbers they went up when Mark jumped
3: up. Well there. <laughs> I don't know how you know that, but I don't I, I can I'll show only, you. The Only time I ever listen to our show is when I wanna see something you've technically done new. Yeah. I'll listen and see how it sounds. I've never heard it sound bad ever. Yeah. But I don't know audio. I just like what, what new buttons you press pressing So I think I might keep it that way. Yeah. I have way more cool novel shit to contribute. Mm-hmm. But I gotta get in a flow to where I can do it consistently because I can be super aloof mm. and I don't want to do it and then just not do it for three months. And you know, but yeah. there's some things that I've been like, why is no one doing this yet? Yeah, in both the podcast sphere and the individual contributor sphere.
0: Yeah, so you know, you think of like dude, Rogan's podcast; those are so long. They're you know yeah, three hours he does long,
3: long for him but you cannot discount how good of a conversation it's. We'll he but is. it's
0: taken a so, thousand episodes so, and stuff like people, that. He's crushing.
3: I don't know. Some people hate him. One of the same person that was a big fan of ours that mm. that recently gave me the critique of maybe shortening them.
0: Mm-hmm.
3: Uh, she she doesn't like Rogan at all. She said he has no dimension to his personality. It's just interesting. interesting. People.
2: He, I'm is, like, he is he is he is by comparison to some of the past we go down, he is pretty innocuous. He does really? play this like mm-hmm. neutrality role. Well, yeah.
3: I think it I, that's happened to be what I like. I think it's hard to do. I could not put up with me yeah. for a dozen more episodes. I don't have that much to say. Yeah, I, I don't, get, like, I get I don't really like listening to he my can shit. Pull it out of people, mm-hmm. but um, I don't know, I think there's something good about people that are not too formally educated, but they have a shit ton of life experience, and they get that genuine curiosity and stuff that we all picked up in ninth, 10th grade, yeah. or early college, We're like, I don't want to but it ends up making for good content yeah. because he's, he really is interested. He doesn't know it. Yeah. And then he self and over the years and years. He built up this I don't know. It works. Everything
0: leads to DMT with
2: him.
3: I, I, <laughs>
0: saying, I would like to get some DMT. That, would that not be a crazy episode? Man. I
2: definitely don't know where to get it. <laughs> <Yeah. laughs>
0: Alright guys. Thank you all so much for your time. Uh, as always, you know where to follow us. It's uh, at the Salumas podcast on Instagram. Go on Facebook, type in the Salumas podcast or go to our website www. Uh I wanted to say that we're also recently on Spotify now and so that's been really awesome uh, I didn't realize how much we were kind of handicapping ourselves not being on a platform like that so um, I'm glad to be on there and I'm hoping that it gets more people just interested and in, in asking questions and hopefully we can make some more content so I hope you guys have an awesome week kick all the ass and we will see you next Sunday. Peace.
3: Say colluded um did you get us on MySpace yet? Jesus, oh